After Forever from Black Sabbath's 1971 album, Master of Reality. This song's incredible, absolutely incredible. There's a lot to say about this song, and as you'll find out today, my two guests, Wild Man and Steve from the Wild Man and Steve Show, have a lot to say about it. Buckle up, stay tuned, we're ready to rock. Welcome to the Song and Verse Podcast, a discovery of God's Word, one song and a few verses at a time. Here's your host, Rockin' Odd Todd. Hello and welcome to the Song and Verse Podcast, a discovery of God's Word through song and verse. I am your host, Rocking Odd Todd, and we're so happy you've decided to join us today. You know, some of the most unlikely places in life uh, point us to God and point us to Christ. And one of those places, believe it or not, is Black Sabbath when Ozzy Osbourne was at the helm. This song, After Forever, from the 1971 album Master of Reality, is one of those places. It's like overturning a rock and not expecting to find what you find. Um, My introduction to the song was an old Deliverance album from the 90s called What a Joke, and the song was on that. But our guests, Wild Men and Steve, heard that song first on the Fallen record from Striper. And, you know, it's awesome because the Lord has really, really gotten me going as far as social media is concerned and really starting to branch out a little bit into a place that I'm just not comfortable with and don't necessarily like. But the further I reach out and those little steps that I start to take, I start to find people that are going to end up being lifelong friends. And these two guys, in my opinion, are that. And I hope they feel the same way. Wildman and Steve have been doing their thing for quite a while now. Um, They're about to start a Bible study, which is going to be awesome. I can't wait to hear about it, called Upon This Rock. And it was just awesome to be able to sit down and find out who these guys are, what they're doing, and how awesome God is and the fact that he can bring us all together and be able to share and lift each other up because that's what these guys did for me. It was a great, great time talking about hard rock, metal, and our Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And today we have with us Wild Man and Steve from the Wild Man and Steve Show. How's it going, guys? Great. Awesome. Great. Awesome. Awesome. So, so you guys are are really trying to to figure out where you're going to go with this podcast and what you're going to do. You guys got some working elements um, that you're really trying to bring together, so to speak. Because you were one thing at one point, then another thing, and now you're trying to add some other elements. It just sounds like it's one big ball trying to snowball together. Tell us a little bit about what's going on there. Yeah, the Wild Man and Steve show is called Hodgepodge. Um, it's just, we just hodgepodge our way through. But no, one of the funny things is, as you know, Steve and I, believe it or not, and I, I hesitate in even saying this, but we've admitted that we are alike in many ways. And one of the ways that we're alike is we come up with a lot of ideas, okay? And the problem with when you have two idea people together, you come up with a lot of ideas, but then there's not much um, <laughs> there's not much um, fruition taking place. So basically, the way way it all started, if we can, I can take you back a little bit. I was just doing a podcast. And I wrote an article about Striper Goddamn Evil, and Michael Sweet retweeted it. And then Mark Middleburg got a hold of it. And 
um, an apologist, Mark Middleberg, and he's friends with Steve, and he connected both of us. And I remember Steve's words and his first direct message to me. He said, I read your profile, and you said, and I quote, and brother, um, we must be kindred spirits. And we are because of the fact of uh, the style of music, the genre we come from, what we like, what we appreciate. Um, and so I invited Steve on my podcast at the time, very small podcast, and um, just to talk about music. And that's all we did. And that then from then on, it just kind of, it's grown. And it's been amazing how it's grown now for over half a year. I'm, am I'm amazed he put up with me that long. <laughs> Awesome. Well, you know, it, again, it's just it's a couple of guys with obviously a, a passion for Jesus Christ. Um, we love the Lord. We love we love talking about Him. We love uh, discussing Scripture. We love applying Scripture and thinking through theology to to everyday life stuff that's going on around us. Um, and we've got a shared passion for especially for hard rock and heavy metal. So uh, part of what we're trying to do, I think, is is to connect people to Christian hard rock and metal. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to connect Christian rock and metal musicians uh, with a wider fan base. We want to support uh, both classic and, and the up and coming acts. And then at the end of the day, we want to connect everybody with Jesus Christ. That's cool. And so both of you guys are kind of talk, you know, coming from a, a classic Christian rock uh, element. What were some, you know, first bands that really kind of, hit the scene for you guys that, uh, you know, you really started to listen to, so to speak? Well, mine, there's no question. Uh, Petra was very instrumental in my uh, walk with Christ. Um, they and, and Was that, was that before uh, uh, Schlitt? It was, right, it was, was, that, it was right around Beat the System 85 was when right. I started listening. So my first uh, int introduction to them was Beat the System and Capture in Time and Space with a live album. But then, then they introduced Schlitt in 86. So right around right. that time. So, yeah, 99% of the time was with Schlitt. Sure. And uh, I saw Petra 16 times while I was in high school. Um, they, they were just huge um, – in, instrumental in my discipleship and growing in Christ. Um, because what was, what I found that was so interesting about Petra or in a lot of the Christian concerts that I went to, they were just so much different than my experience in a public high school, mm. you know, public high school. It was, I didn't fit in. I was never really athletic and, you know, just never, but you know, when you go to a Petra concert, that wasn't an issue, you know, you just kind of were fit in and, and their whole message was, Hey, you, you, you God loves you. And that just meant the world to me. And, um, you know, I, I remember the one, the one time that John Schlitt shook my hand after a concert and he told me that I was one of the greatest Petra fans he's ever met. And I th think I was 15 when he did this. And I know looking back on it, you know, he probably said that to how many people, right? Right. But in that moment, you want to talk about making a kid's day. Oh Yeah. You know, when everything else in your life, when you when you you're not really accepted at high school, I wasn't even really accepted in the youth group. You know, and mm -hmm. just and there here's this guy from the stage, this great singer, just saying, "You're the greatest." That just meant the world. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah for me, it was Striper. Mm -hmm. um, I distinctly remember uh, my Sunday from, school from the very beginning. Yeah, from Striper. the very beginning, yeah. um, I remember my Sunday school teacher at the time, a fellow named John Cutshaw. Uh, went on to become a senior pastor 
uh, I believe over in Illinois. But uh, he had the cassette of Soldiers Under Command. And is one of those things I was uh, just starting to get into rock and roll. I had kind of grown up on country, actually. Mm. Uh, the Oak Ridge Boys was really my, that was my uh, entry into popular music. And um, saw that cassette. I don't know, maybe it was just the cover. Uh, kind of intrigued me. And um, I don't know if you would remember, Todd, but in southern Indiana, there was a mall called Green Tree Mall. Yep. Uh, in Clarksville, Indiana. And in that mall was a record store called Beethoven's. Mm -hmm. And I distinctly remember going into Beethoven's. I got Soldiers Under Command and started listening to it on my Sony Walkman, right? And uh, my big Sears jam box. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it just, just blew me away. Um, Certainly the title track uh, and just every other song on there. Uh, very quickly then picked up the, the, the debut album, Yellow and Black Attack, and and then I, I, I was hooked thereafter. I remember one Sunday, we used to go to my my mom's mother, my maternal grandmother's house after church, and we'd spend the day with uh, my grandma, and I never forget taking my big old Sears jam box to grandma's house, putting in a striper cassette, and telling her, Grandma, this is church music. And I hit the play button and blasted it out of my grandma's house. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, so I was I was right on the edge of like, uh, you know, the uh, "To Hell with the Devil" album. I can remember the honestly video on MTV, mm. but it was really the "In God We Trust" album that you know kind of kind of captured me and then i started looking back at the discography from there um but yeah man they were great they and and they took so much heat for for uh you know touring with secular bands and stuff and i'm like oh yeah you know i I saw them over in uh, louisville gardens uh on Mm -hmm. the to help devil tour and um um oh no no i did i saw them to help with the devil tour but um it was a year later on the in god we trust tour and White Lion opened for them. Yep, yep. So White you're Lion. exactly right. Uh, they, they had the secular um, connection there. And mm-hmm. uh, fortunately, I will say, I, my parents were, were supportive. Uh, they, I mean, they certainly grew up, you know, conservative musically and church and everything. But um, I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> I probably have to go back and ask my mom now. <laughs> Uh, why on earth did you guys allow me to do that, uh, to go with that? But, uh, but I was grateful for that. Well, I, I think the scariest my parents may have ever gotten was when I got into that kiss phase, you know, and really had some kiss posters and stuff up. And, uh, I, I had kiss alive too, the yes. gatefold album. <laughs> yep. I had, I had the album, you know? which my wife, my wife had that on an eight track. We nice. found it at a dad's house. And one time she had Kiss Alive 2 on Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. But, Man, uh, how old are you, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, you, you know, I, I think that's really, you know, where the song and verse kind of aspect kind of comes into this. Is It's like, you know, we, we've talked a little about, about sports off camera. We've talked, you know, just about commonalities. And music seems to be one of those that allows us to communicate with each other. And, and so I really kind of see you guys doing a lot of the same stuff. And I really kind of feel like the Lord is doing that in this season is just trying to like bring us all together, so to speak, 
and stop focusing so much on what divides us. And let's really kind of look at, at what brings us together. And when you have those commonalities in place, like, like my wife always makes fun of me because like we're, we're in the airport or whatever. And I see a dude and, and I'm going to pick on you wild man. So I see a dude in the airport wearing an Ohio state hat and you know, I, I, I know what their record is. I know how they're doing. And I'll just start talking to him and be like, Hey man, yeah. you're having a great season. Yeah. You know, what do you think about the running back? What's, what's the game against Michigan going to look like? Blah, blah, blah. And she's yeah. like, she's like, it's a fraternity with you people. <laughs> like you can just start talking about stuff out of nowhere. Right. But, right. But for me, I wrap that, I wrap my faith into that too. And, and look, look to build relationship any way possible. And then, you know, maybe slap them with a little Jesus every now and then. <laughs> You know what I mean? And, 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 yeah, and not in yeah. a hostile way. I'm, I'm only kidding, but, but to really, really be able to lay some of Christ's love into it and be like, look, I'm being genuine. I really care about who you are. This isn't just me, you know, spouting off well, nonsense. If, and, and to your point about unity and also what you just said, wild man, about, I re that really means a lot to me, what you said about having a place to belong. And you think back to your teenage years mm -hmm. and, um, just this summer, uh, Wildman and I had the chance to hang out at the Kingdom Come Festival. It was one of the few festivals actually happening this summer. Well, where's that one at? Here in Indiana, Indiana. Uh, near Kokomo, Indiana. It's a two-day uh, hard rock and metal fest, uh, Christian hard rock and metal fest, um, done by Always One Ministries, uh, a guy named Chris Bosom is the uh, head of that. And so uh, Wildman came out from Pennsylvania, and we hung out there for two days and we interviewed bands and fans. And that was one of the things that really, really struck me, just the, the visual and, and, and being a part of that experience. And you can speak to this too, uh, Wildman, but we saw people who you could tell had found a home. Mm -hmm. yeah. They found a home in Jesus yeah. Christ, first of all. And I, I would say by far the, the vast majority of people would, would have been professing Christians. But they found a home in Jesus, and then they found a home in Christian metal and, and, and rock. And it was a neat thing to behold. And there was yeah, a couple yeah. that we interviewed. It's, it's in, um, we actually had a two-part episode on the Kingdom Come Fest. And this couple is, is in there. Um, uh, a fellow's name was Ryan, and his wife's name was, was Meg. And we joked to him, Meg Ryan. Uh, but <laughs> just a little bit into the interview, he just blew us away because he starts talking about his, his years in prison mm. and starts yeah. talking about that. And going, wow. Okay. And he starts talking about how he had really come to Christ in prison. And, and there've been some people come from outside the prison into uh, the, the facility there who talked the faith and shared faith. And then there was ministry within the, the prison. Then we start talking to his wife. Next thing she knows, she's she's talking about having done a, a year for for uh, some connections with heroin, and the same thing. She had come to Christ, and then they had come together, and now part of what's sustaining their faith and undoubtedly their marriage as well, and just in their life, is their their connection with Christian metal as well. Hmm. And I thought, man, that is. That is so important, and, and I'll, I'll stop rambling here, Wild Man, jump, jump in, but one of the things that also struck us was the number of bands that we talked to, 
were more interested in talking about Jesus than they were their own careers. I know. Isn't that these awesome? Are, young, young bands, up and coming bands. Mm -hmm. And rather than talking about their new album or touring or whatever, these, these folks wanted to talk about Jesus. And so I really think, again, again, tying this all together, it is about connections. And it's about, again, which is breaking down walls, bringing people together, people finding a home, finding a place. Uh, this, this kind of stuff is it's not just frivolous entertainment. Sure, it's entertaining. But it also serves a much greater purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because the big ones that I remember were New Song, Igthus, mm -hmm. and Cornerstone. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, when I really kind of made that, that decision to follow Christ, it was about age 14, 15, something like that. And here I loved all of these you know, all this heavy metal, all of this real hard music, but I didn't know how to balance. And I think a lot of us go through that. I didn't know how to balance listening to that and still be able to grow at that point and not let it affect me, you know? And so I'm looking for this Christian stuff. And I had some good friends at the time that were like, well, let's go to Igthus. Let's go to new song. And I think one of the cool things about those festivals is at that point in time, they weren't all just metal. Um, and I don't know if Kingdom Come is all metal or if it's it, – is it, is it, it a mixture? Has, it has a little bit of it. It's primarily hard rock uh, okay. and metal. Or certainly, in fact, there was a, a hip-hop artist. Uh, there was some that was a little bit more on the poppy side of things. Yeah, because I remember there was like, you know, Newsboys, Rich Mullins, yeah. uh, Audio yeah. Adrenaline, uh, yep. Petra, White Cross – and then, of course, Bride by that point in time was really starting to make their um, their presence known. I think I think the Kinetic Faith album really kind of commercially, you know, catapulted them. But all their stuff was great even back in the day. Um, but like you were saying, it's like it was a community. It didn't really matter. I mean, of course, you're going there and you're putting up these tents and you're sleeping with these. Well, you shouldn't say sleeping with these people, but you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you, we're all camping out, and you're you're basically living as a commune for almost three days, and music is what's pulling you together. And so I remember just living for those festivals, just knowing that. And the cool thing was there was tents and vendors all around. You could go find new music that wasn't even there, um, but but these vendors would show up. And, and you know, back in that that time frame we didn't have a lot of christian outlets to you know that you had like family bookstore and stuff but a lot of that was real adult uh adult contemporary you couldn't find a whole lot of heavy metal and hard rock um yeah. Yeah. and so so like you're saying it was great to go to a community where like it's like these are my people <laughs> you know and um right and because because we, we alluded to this and talked about this a little bit but you know even petra was kind of shunned a little bit by the church. Mm -hmm. And so the difference between a Dale Thompson screaming and a John Schlitt singing, you know, love, I can't remember. Was it the song love? Yeah. Love from beyond belief. Yeah. yeah love yeah. from beyond belief and him singing, you know, snakes in the playground, you know, right. <laughs> there's a huge right. difference between, you know, that and what, it, when a person, a, a parent hears it, cause, cause we did, you know, we did youth Sunday and they played what's it called Creed from the Beyond Belief album, and people were going nuts, saying this is just too loud and too crazy. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, 
Yeah. Like this, this isn't bad at all. This is tame. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you, you know, you know what's interesting. You mentioned that Todd. You know, and I, I experienced that firsthand, only one time really. Um, I was going into a Petra concert. I was a freshman in college, actually, and a bunch of us were going to this Petra concert. And I just, I'll just never forget that. You know, I heard about um, bands being picketed. And I heard about um, people standing out there and preaching against the fans walking in, but I never experienced it. And I just remember walking in with a big group of my friends and all of a sudden I hear somebody screaming over here and I'm, and I'm wondering what's going on. I'm, I'm surprised. And he says, literally, he says, repent you sinners. And he had this strong, bold face, like angry. And, and I just, I couldn't help myself. I, you know, I was very sarcastic when I was in college, which is why I got the name I have of Wild Man. A friend of mine gave it to me, but I couldn't help it. I, everybody else stopped and looked at him. They didn't know what to do. And I just broke into the hymn. I care not today what tomorrow may bring and just walked right by him. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, but I think it's interesting, and Steve and I, one of the things Steve and I have learned uh, more probably than we've ever known before, since we've started this podcast and we started interviewing these artists, and we've interviewed Bob Hartman, we've interviewed Dale Thompson, uh, Rex Carroll, um, you know, the, uh, Oz Fox, Michael Sweet, you know, the, the, the list goes on. It's been amazing how we've been inter had the opportunity to interview this art, these artists. And, and Steve and I have admitted that, you know, this is just us in our heyday as fans. We're using the podcast as an excuse to talk <laughs> to the artists. But, but it's been amazing how we've asked that question to every one of them. And every single one of them is like, we're like, hey, hey, did you get any resistance from the church? It's like, well, yeah, sure, yeah. absolutely. It was the norm. Right. You know, they were picketed. They, they would show up and people would be, be outside the, the venue picketing. But yet there was a strength in these guys that they kept going. Mm -hmm. And imagine, look at all of the people's lives they touched because they were willing to endure such flack. Because it wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't fun for any of them to experience that. Yeah. But you know, you and I have talked about this. I think we've talked about it maybe on, on some of our shows and you and I've talked about it individually. Uh, there, you can understand where some of that pushback came from. Now we, we can sit here and say, we disagree with it and mm -hmm. we can say it was misguided and, and it was, but if you don't know this kind of music, and you think, well, because they look the same mm -hmm. as this band called Wasp, where a guy's got a, a chainsaw protruding from his pants, and they've got an album that says what you can do like a beast, yeah, yeah. then any decent parent is going to say, I don't want you listening to that, right? Mm -hmm. I care about my child, and I want my child to bring you up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. I don't want you any part of that. Yeah. Right. So on right. the one hand, yes, it was misguided and they, they misunderstood, but I, I can't understand where some of that was coming from. If you lumped all those bands in together. Sure. Well, you know, I'll, I'll take that a, a little notch further. And that's where, as you know, now that we flipped the, the coin a little bit and we're the parents, that's where we kind of have to say, okay, show me what it is. Let's, right. let's sit down and look at this together. You know, right, if we, right. if, if we're watching a show or watching a movie nowadays, you know, I've, I've come to the realization that I'm going to have to have these conversations a lot quicker than I ever had to when I was younger. I mean, when, oh, sure. 
you know, we can go down all kinds of rabbit holes about what our kids see nowadays versus what we did. And, and so it's a matter of, you know what, I need to take the time. I need to sit here and we need to talk about it. And, and I'm not dogging our parents. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that had we sat down and maybe looked at the lyrics together or, you know, it's not just the fact that you can't understand what the guy's saying or the guy's screaming or any of this other stuff, you know, I understand that he's not Bobby Goldsboro and all these other, you know, Donny Osmond and all this other <laughs> stuff. But at some point in time, I, I, I guess, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is, but it, to me, it's just music. It's just, I, I guess I see the difference and, mm -hmm. And a part of it's just maybe culturally, you know, you know, I, I think about what our grandparents saw change versus what our parents or even we have seen change. And, you know, the fact that we, we went from an eight track to an MP3 player in what, 35 years, 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost as if maybe we're a little more adept to change and, wow. and, Maybe yeah, I, look I, I, I don't know what what I'd like to hear you guys talk about that because I think anytime you start making sweeping generalizations, you start heading into trouble. Yeah. Right? I think that's true. Where you're talking about people, uh, where you're talking about art, literature, music, whatever. Uh, well, stop that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> read, yeah. read the book, read the lyrics, listen right. to it, get to know right. the person. Oh right. wow, you're a Republican. Oh wow, you're a Democrat. Uh, whatever I, you know, therefore I hate you. Well, wait, well, wait a minute. Right. Actually, talk to the individual. Get 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 to know them. Yeah. Um, it, it takes a little bit of work, and I think as parents, do do the work. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Do the work of being a parent, uh, whether it's what your children are reading and studying in school, what they're listening to uh, or watching, and so forth. Now, I, I will say, you know, tonight. And we're, uh, as I'm looking around the, the, the Zoom room here, and, and Todd, you're wearing a Marvel shirt, and I, uh, I, my hat's off to you for that, sir. Um, um, certainly, certainly with the Marvel movies and everything. Uh, then, wild man, you're wearing a sweet, uh, sweet crystal T-shirt, uh, which is uh, absolutely awesome. And I'm over here wearing a deep purple shirt. Um, it's interesting. There are people who have come to Christian music from secular. All right, so they listened to ACDC, they listened to Led Zeppelin or whatever, and then they discovered, hey, there's something that's similar to that. Now that I've come to Christ, I, I want that same kind of music, and they discovered the Christian thing. For me, it was the opposite. <laughs> I discovered Deep Purple because of Striper. Uh, so, you know, I, I for me, it was Striper and then, um, you know, Res Band uh, and, and, and others in, in the Christian realm, uh, Rick Kua, Brian Duncan, uh, it's Rich Mullins, all these guys, Petra, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started to become more aware of the, the secular bands and started reading the rock magazines. And then mm -hmm. I become aware of, for me, it was really my big interview was Whitesnake. Mm -hmm. uh, and then from Whitesnake, I realized the connection to Deep Purple. Mm -hmm. And then with Led Zeppelin, then I realized those guys were influenced by the blues and that's what took me into the blues. Yep. And so now, then I became a huge aficionado of Chicago blues, Delta blues, going back into the thirties and, and twenties uh, and thirties and all that kind of stuff. So for me, it, it went kind of the other direction, yeah. but I still had to be careful about the lyrical content. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, again, we've we've talked about this, but I remember one time listening to it was uh, it was Deep Purple uh, doing the uh, the classic song "Hey Joe," um, which Hendrix famously did, and I was originally done by a guy named Joe South. And I'll never forget. I'm driving to work and. I'm singing the lyrics and, you know, hey, Joe, where are you going with that gun in your hand? Dun, 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 dun. Going down to shoot my old lady. Caught her messing around with another man. Dun, 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 dun. And man, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I had sung it many times listening sure. to it. Uh, but all of a sudden that one day driving to work, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, man, I can't sing this song. Mm-hmm. This is so outside my story. <laughs> it is outside the story of anybody I know. There's not one of my guy friends who has ever gone to shoot his old lady because he got her messing around with another man. I'm going, I can't sing that song. Uh, so again, I think there's some discernment. Now, can I listen to other Deep Purple songs? Absolutely. Sure. Um, and in fact, our, our mutual friend, uh, Wildman's and my mutual friend, Mark Middleberg, uh, we agreed that uh, the, the Purple song, um, Pictures of Home, off their 1972 album, Machine Head, which gave us smoke on the water is an incredibly christian oriented song i know i seriously doubt that ian gillen wrote it from that perspective Mm -hmm. but there's a line i'm alone here with emptiness eagles and snow unfriendliness chilling my body and whispering pictures of home and isn't that the truth for all of us we are strangers in this land our our citizenship is in heaven how many times do we feel that that loneliness or that ache and what we're really aching for and yearning for mm. is to be reunited uh, with yeah. the Heavenly Father. So, so I, you can listen to a lot of the songs and what you do with, with song and verse uh, gets at that. Uh, well, yeah. And, and, has and, that kind of mean. And, and going down that striper, you know, rabbit hole a little bit, like we were talking about, you know, one of those songs, um, I believe it was off the Fallen album, After Forever, Mm-hmm. you know old black sabbath song and yeah. you know you yeah. and i we all talked about this a little bit off air and it's it's funny how we've we've all kind of come to songs in certain different areas and for me it was the, the deliverance um cover of that song back in the 90s but how many i i can't tell you how many years it took me to figure out that it was actually a black sabbath song yeah. and yeah and it shocked me you know yeah i don't know about you guys but um and so yeah. let's talk a little bit about that song because that song blows me away. Even, even listening to it, you know, after what, you know, hundreds of times. You know, my, my first experience with it was uh, when Striper did it, you know, because mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't much into secular music growing sure. up. It was, I was all Christian. Um, I was only allowed to listen to Christian, but, but I mean, it, I was still very aware of what, a music that was out there because I was at a public high school, so I heard it, you know. Sure. Uh, but this one, I never really uh, until Striper did it, and when I heard that it was, as you just said, when I heard that it was a, they redid a Black Sabbath song. I was like, and I, I heard it, and I thought Black Sabbath did this. So then I had to find it. I looked it up right away, and I was like, okay, let me listen to this. Yeah. And and the thing that gets me about this song, 
And I remember somebody um, defending Ozzy Osbourne one time. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what age I was in, but there was a debate about uh, whether he was evil or satanic or whatever. You know, the bat, whole bat, biting the bat's head off. You know, that type of thing. Right. And some, and and one of my friends pointed out to another group of friends that, hey, it was in an article that he gives this much money to the Catholic Church every year. So you know, he's not evil. You know, and and so. Looking back on that, that tells me that he had a, the knowledge of something, of a, of a God. I don't know how much, he, if he was practicing or how much he was involved. I don't, I've never met him. I don't know. But when I read the lyrics to this, mm -hmm. honestly, I, I've been in ministry for 25 years. And this is the message the church needs to hear, is this song. Absolutely. The, oh, I mean, the, 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 yeah. the way that they word this is exactly what pastors, evangelists, and whatever term you want to use have has been crying out to the church that, hey, if you're going to do this, be real. Are you saying that we should should make After Forever the benediction in every service? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, let, let's face it. One of the one of the things that, that you run into in the church world, especially today, and I, and I know it's been around from the beginning ever since the fall of man, but, you know, let, let's face it. How many church attenders or attendees are in it for the long haul? Right. And how many of them need to hear a message like this? Have you ever thought about this? You know, have you ever thought about your soul? Can it be saved? Or perhaps you think when you're dead, you just stay in your grave. Um, well, I've seen the truth. Uh, you know, is Christ just a name that you read in a book when read in a book when you were in school? Right. Which kids don't even get it in the schools anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, how many times do we, have I run into people that are what, what I would call pseudo Christians that um, they they're just kind of there. Right. You know, when's the last time you read your Bible? Oh, I don't know. I don't right. do that. I don't read my Bible. I believe I the premise. Jesus, but... The premise is fine, blah, 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 you know. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. And so it's amazing that through Ozzy, who, who, who was a, a, a major um, contributor to the writer of this song, mm -hmm. that this is the message that needs to be heard. It's amazing how God uses anybody to get the message out. Well, you know, these were all working class guys, right? Mm -hmm. Black Sabbath is a bunch of working class guys. Uh, what was it? I think they were from Birmingham mm -hmm. uh, and that area. And almost undoubtedly, there was going to be, especially the, when they were born and growing up, there would have been a church background for these guys. Mm -hmm. Now, they may have rejected certain aspects or maybe all aspects or some of them rejected, but there was still that, that, that background there. And... I agree with you, Wild Man. To have a song like that, listen, I am, I gotta be careful here. I'm no super <laughs> big fan of a lot of the praise and worship stuff. Now, part of the reason I'm not a fan of a lot of it is because I don't care for the style of the music. Uh, but I'm also not a fan of it because I think the, the lyrics are weak. Uh, give me even a good old hymn. Uh, again, you know, mighty fortresses are God. Uh, give, give me, uh, you know, an, an amazing grace of how great thou art. The lyrics were strong. The lyrics were, were powerful. Right. And uh, I know, well, man, you've heard me reference George Strait. Uh, he's got a song, and I realize we're talking country, but he's got a song called The Real Thing. 
And, and I love the lyric. He says, I don't want you under my roof with your 86 proof watered down till it tastes like tea. You're going to pull my string, make it the real thing for me. Mm. And I love the sentiment of that. I'm going, yes, that's what I love about blues. That's what I love about rock. Yeah. Because it's real. And after forever, that's an authentic lyric. Well, and it, it's, it forces you to think. And for me, and I don't know about you guys, but there are so many metal bands. You know, I think of Megadeth. Um, and that it's not a band that I really listen to all that much, quite honestly, but they, they talk and they deal about some really, really difficult topics that force you to think about what's going on around you. And it's so it's, it's not just this fluffy, Oh, Jimmy loves me. So I love Jimmy. Oh, Jenny loves me. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You know, pop, pop, pop. It's, it's the more complex issues of life you know, on the backdrop of some really heavy riffs and, and guitars, you know, drums, bass, whatever, however you want to talk about the driving force of it. I'm sure each musician hears it differently based on what their, you know, what their preference is, but I don't know. I, I just see a much deeper narrative. Um, you know, even, you know, we talked a little bit about Alice Cooper and even in the Alice Cooper narratives, it's like, you know, the, like you were talking about with Ozzy and the guys in Black Sabbath growing up with that. Of course, you know, Alice grew up with that. And you can see it laced in those 70s songs yeah. that it was a part of him. He he knew right from wrong. Yeah. And, well, and I would also throw out there, too, some of that is, some of that is education. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, let's not, let's not kid ourselves here. There's plenty of rock and roll that was simply about rock and roll right sure. we know what we're talking about there and sure. so it was purely that and nothing nothing more <laughs> for those who aren't watching the video steve just did his famous air quote air quote rock, <laughs> rock and roll <laughs> <laughs> but um you know i, I air I quotes are evil i think especially hard rock and metal it all depends on how you use them <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i think a lot of hard rock and metal songs if you look at them are, are really do deal with deeper lyrics a lot of times it's historic yeah, uh, you have a lot yeah. of bands that specialize and really focus on. Uh, there's a band called Sabaton, and uh, they're all of their lyrics are historical. They're all yeah. about wars yeah. and, and particular events in history and so forth. 100. Uh, and some of that I think comes from your your education. And you, again, if you look at these guys from you know the 70s, when when hard rock and metal was really first coming in. Uh, well, so let's say these guys are in their 20s. Okay, so, all right, so when were they born? Late 40s, early 50s. And so what was education like? What were they getting in England yeah. or even yeah. in the United States? And so I do think there was a, a depth there. Plus, I, and I don't know what this is, and somebody I'm sure has done a study, but the kind of people that gravitate to hard rock and metal very often, and, and I'm not just saying this because the three of us are geniuses, which of course we are. Uh, but no, I've, I've seen that same study. I know where you're going. There, 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 really, there's, there's uh, quite an intellectual strand. And again, yes, there's the, hey, let's you know, go out on Friday night and party stuff. But there's quite an intellectual strand uh, running through um, a lot of the lyrics. In fact, I, if I may, and you're welcome to cut this out, uh, 
there's a song on White Snake's 1980 album, I think it is, uh, the song Love Hunter. Or no, it's their 78 album, uh, uh, Trouble. And the song is called Lie Down, in parentheses, a modern love song. Now, we can kind of tell where this is going to go right from the title, right? But the lyrics says, you make the sins of a vestal virgin look nothing more than a roll in the hay. Hmm. Hmm. Who's a vestal virgin? Yeah, That's a reference yeah. to ancient Rome and the, the, the culture of, of, of the goddess Vesta. And there were these uh, priestesses who, who served in her temple, the vestal virgin. Dude, that's an intelligent lyric. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, and to say, you know, rather than, which I think a lot of times in, in some of the pop music today, you'd hear somebody just called out, well, you know, you're a hoe. Right. Well, okay. That's pretty lowbrow way of saying it. Uh, this lyric says the same thing, basically, but considerably more poetically. Well, so, yeah. And, 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 and you, you know, you bring a pretty good point just about music in general. There, there used to be a more, I don't want to say the word elusive, but there was a, a better literary yes. concept behind it instead of just being so flippant and like, you know, watered down. And, and I think it was the same kind of thing you were talking about with the George Strait um, lyric and the fact that I want to be able to think too. I don't want, you know, idiocracy, you know, look, look for it. And, and I think this is the, really where, where I want to go with some of this after forever stuff is those questions. They really make you, you go back and look through the gospel and look through, especially the new Testament and start looking at those red words and like, who is this Jesus? Who was this guy? And, and I think, you know, sometimes we look at the gospel and of course that's who we're supposed to model our own lives after, but it's those chapters after that really drive it home because those, those are the people that were living after him. That's, that's the same mm -hmm. as us waiting for his return. And for me personally, that's where, you know, you were talking about Lee Strobel and Mark and their apologetics ministry. And that's really the, the conversations that we're probably going to end up having with people more so than, than the pouring out of our hearts, because, you know, there's so much of the secular world that doesn't understand that yet. They have to come to that realization on their own. And, you know, we can help point them in that direction. But the question that you really start have to asking, like they were asking in after forever is, who was this dude and why after, after he's arrested, do all these disciples scatter and leave? Because quite honestly, they probably didn't They're probably at that point, like, okay, this isn't going down quite the way we thought it was. We thought he was just going to, you know, give a one, two punch to Rome and we would be lifted up and everything else. Quite, wasn't quite going that way. He's crucified, resurrected. And then they come to the realization of holy mackerel. Who is this guy? We now know this is this was the Son of God. This is He is who He says He is, and then yeah. they're willing to scatter and give their lives for that. Yeah, and it's like so when you start looking at the apologetic side of it, you're like, okay, now let's go back and look at those words and really, really try to break that down because if those guys were willing to give their lives in a, in a scenario like this it, it, am i going in a, a direction here that makes sense or are you mm -hmm. you see what because that that's what that song says to me that song says to me of 
what was this really all about? And there's an apologetic portion to that that you really have to work with too, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. I, I, I think that, uh, you know, uh, this song in particular, and I think many songs that are out there, secular and Christian, as we've been saying, pose that. Mm -hmm. And I think that God uses those songs to um, cause us to wonder and to question, what is there beyond my life? What is there beyond uh, um, my existence? I mean, is there something more than just going to work, coming home and going to bed and, you know, on the weekends going out, you know, is there something more to my life? Um, and I think also, I think I, I, this is just my speculation, but I think Ozzy was really pointing out some, uh, uh, some hypocrisy. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, when, when he when he makes the statement, um, this is the one that sticks with me with the song is when he says, I think it was true. It was people like you that crucified Christ. Yep. And bring, bring it home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first thing is, if, if anybody's going to say, oh, not me, well, then we have a problem right there. Right. You know, it's the same as uh, people saying, well, if I was Eve, I would have never taken the fruit. Uh, yeah, you probably would have. Yeah, right. most likely all of you would have. So it's this, it's this, and I think this is some of what Steve was getting at too. And I think the, it's amazing how the apologetics work into this, that some of the rock and roll scene was coming back at the church saying, you know, I know you think I'm evil. Right. I know you think I'm, I'm wrong, but Hey, you know, um, we're all, we're all kind of evil in some ways and you're evil too. And, and, and just kind of pointing that out, which brings out the whole apologetics thing of what is it do you truly believe? And if you follow apologetics all the way to the end, it's like what I believe dictates what I do. Mm. Oh, okay. So you, you remember, you guys remember uh, the great song uh, by Rich Mullins, Creed. Uh, Creed which mm -hmm. basically is the words of, of the Apostles' Creed. And he's got the wonderful chorus line, which is exactly what you just said. I believe what I believe is what makes me who I am. Mm -hmm. I did not make it, but it is making me. Oh, it's gosh, the yeah. truth of God and not the invention of any man. And that, that's, Dan, that is right on. Yeah. And, and I think along with that, I think – in my mind, and I'm no expert, believe me, Steve will tell you, <laughs> um, but sincerity is the main kicker here. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if, if you have somebody like, you know, writing a song like this and they're sincere and they're pointing out the hypocrisy of the church, you know, don't defend yourself. Look at the sincerity of the heart that it's coming from. And in the same way, on the other side of it, you know, it, it's like if you see Christians that are witnessing, you know, just don't shut them down. Um, you know, look at the sincerity and try to understand where they're coming from, why they believe what they believe. Um, because I, I think it's important that for the everybody, for the, the world especially, if the church could be, should show some sincerity, um, I think that um, we would have more people wanting to go to church. Well, and, and you're, you're speaking t straight to the heart, and that's, that's what God's looking at anyway, is, yeah. is the heart. And, um, and you know, and I, I don't, I, it's somewhere down the line, it's like, you know, if you're, not, if you're not showing every single fruit at every moment, then you, you know, you're this or you're that. And it's like, 
there's so much of this, it's a journey and a process. And I, I think it really kind of speaks to where we're at in life right now with this whole cancel culture and just this yeah, whole, yeah. you know, and, and so I, I get what you're saying. Cause it's all, it's really about sincerity. It's, it's about that person, you know, pastor, um, person in the church, you know, guy sitting next to you, looking at you and, and, and saying, I'm no better than anybody else. Yeah. It, it is he that yeah. is within me. That's, you know, yes, exactly. is driving yeah. me to be something more. So, yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yep. You know. Well, this has been awesome, guys. I, I really, really appreciate having you guys on the the Wild Man and Steve Show. Tell us how uh, you know our listeners can can find out where you guys are at. Well, they can go to um, mengoingthroughamidlifecrisis.com and we'll be the first ones that you see. Do you you have the the drawing for the Corvette? (laughs) Actually, Steve has a little bit more to say about that. Pretty close to what you just said, but we don't need to go there. (laughs) But no, it's it's wildmanandsteve.com. 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 And... uh, Wild Man and Steve show, and and is that a weekly this. show? What what what's going on with you guys? We, de- we definitely have we have an episode that comes out the first and the fifteenth of every month, uh, and for the most part, that will be an artist interview. Uh, so we've had uh, golly, we've had uh, some classic guys. We've had Bob Hartman from Petra, Dale Thompson from Bride, uh, Michael Sweet from Striper, Les Carlson from Blood Good. Those kinds of guys. We've also had some. Uh, newer up-and-coming guys. We've had Jason Fowler of uh, Union of Sinners and Saints, uh, Chaotic Resemblance, uh, L.A. Ellis, and uh, Travis McConnell from that band. Uh, so those typically what we have on the 1st and the 15th. Uh, and then going forward into the rest, I think, of, of 2020, as we round the corner into 2021, uh, you're going to see some other uh, specialty kinds of episodes. Uh, if you will. Uh, we've got a, a neat project we're working on with an unnamed person. We're not going to reveal this person yet, uh, but a really, really great uh, classic uh, Christian rock musician uh, that we've actually been doing a straight up Bible study with. And awesome. Called, really cool. Uh, upon this rock, which is play on obviously Jesus is the rock, but also rock music. And really it's just the three of us sitting around uh, working through a book of the Bible. Uh, and so that that's going to be a, a recurring yeah, that, that's, that's going to be a, that's going to be a recurring thing or it's awesome. going to be a feature of the wild man and steve show awesome uh, very cool. recorded we're not ready to, to release that just yet uh, uh working on the marketing of that so yeah some good, good stuff yeah. coming up very exciting i'd add i'd add also that um you know i mentioned the, the midlife crisis thing but what's interesting about that is one of the visions that steve and i have if you remember todd um, probably when you were in high school, most likely you remember those morning shows and some of them are still around oh, yeah. those morning Bob rock and shows. And stuff. Yeah. That type yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah we're going to be, rec- we're, our vision is to kind of recreate that so that people of our era can li- relive that time nice. and, and have a, have a uh, drive time radio show where Steve and I pick on each other and, uh, have fun, talk about our faith, talk about politics, talk about current events and play great music. Awesome. That's I mean, that sounds right up my alley. That's, that's what we need, you know? And so that would be like, just like a podcast on Spotify, something of that nature. Yeah. Again, that'll, that'll be a, just kind of a special episode of the wild man and Steve show. Um, so kind of the anchor of wild man and Steve is the artist interviews. Uh, okay. Then we'll have these other special episodes uh, that come along, but exactly what wild man just said, part of it is just honestly modeling or showing some folks 
we're just regular guys. Mm-hmm. We're just regular guys, middle-aged guys, families, got to mow the grass just like everybody else. Uh, but we also love to sit around and talk about the faith, talk about scripture, how that applies to our lives and the things around us. And so for folks just to be able to kind of listen in on that conversation and realize, hey, that's not just something for theologians. It's not just for the folks at the seminary, uh, but just regular folks are having those conversations too. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing I keep hearing is, you know, we've got small groups at church, but how many of those small groups are like around like heavy metal and hard rock. And yeah, you know, that's really yeah. kind of the way I look at the Fridays with Alice group is it's a small Christian group that Alice is kind of the talking point, you know? Yep. And um, so that's totally cool. You guys are, this has been great. And it's really cool to learn about this whole, um, you know, uh, show that you guys are doing at this point, because it's something we can share. And I see this as being a community, you know, uh, I really, the one thing that hard rock and metal kind of reminds me of is John the Baptist for some reason, because, you know, big burly guy with the, the locusts <laughs> and honey and like, you know, and, and just for some reason it reminds me of like some kind of Viking rock or something. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, you know, the mainstream isn't going to get it and doesn't quite understand it. But how many people, if John the Baptist was to walk into to the church in today's time would be like, don't sit next to me. And right. that's really kind of what I feel like we've been sort of labeled in some ways as the outcast for being the metal and hard rock community. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And really, really want to push back against that and say, nope, we love Jesus just as much as you do. It just, uh, we just bang our head a little harder and have neck problems. So, right. right. <laughs> so, just out of curiosity, Todd, um, did you by any chance have the rock locks that we had? I did not have the rock locks. I had the rocking mullet. Oh, okay. Mine was, my wife says that mine was as well. So, okay, we'll go there. All right. Yeah, you the know, what is it, what is it? Like, sir, what is Billy it? Ray Cyrus? Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. It wasn't business, a Billy. Business up front, party in the back. Right. Right. There you go. <laughs> business in the front, party in the back. And I'll never forget it, you know. And, and Steve might know a little bit of this, but Louisville Mayo High School is what's called a traditional school. And they really embraced the standards of the 50s. And so I think it was 1991. And I was at a traditional school in middle school, too. And they weren't, they weren't as big on it. They were a little more relaxed. And, of course, turtlenecks were in at that point. I don't remember all oh, that. I was man. somewhere between a prep and a hood. I was in a really <laughs> weird spot, you know. Um, but when we got to high school, the first day of high school, I got pulled aside and said, son, you need to have your hair cut. And I'm going to be revealing here and tell you that I went home and cried my eyes out as my mom <laughs> cut off the mullet. Oh, so, no, you know, no. What, what, what a uh, torturous moment in, you know, the freshman high schooler's yeah. life. So. Well, you know, they do have things called no shave Novembers for the month of November. Maybe we could have like uh, grow the mullet back. Uh, March. Right. <laughs> Grow the mullet back. Mar- mullet March. There you go. Mullet March. There it is. Yes. Awesome. But this has been great, guys. I really appreciate you guys coming on and really giving us some some more. And there will be more about you guys in the description of this this podcast as well. And this is Rocking Odd Todd signing out for this episode of the Song of Verse podcast. Thanks for watching. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Song of Verse podcast. Hopefully it was an uplifting, honest, and meaningful experience for you. We do accept donations. If you feel led to give to the Song and Verse Ministries, check out songandverseministries.com slash donate for a number of different ways to give back. And also be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We hope you turn into the next episode of the Song and Verse podcast. Until then, keep searching for the DNA of God's Word found flowing through song.